0: Welcome to the Walk in Truth Weekend program. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. You can learn more about the program, podcast, or our thank you gift, the book Tactics, when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael and his teaching in 1
1: Corinthians chapter 12 about true love. 1 Corinthians 13 is what you want in your Bible, so open up your Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, as we spend the next three weeks on true love from the famous love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to ask you if you're physically able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? 1 Corinthians 13, we're starting in verse 1. Paul writes, if I speak... With the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things, love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child, When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. You may be seated. Would you pray with me, Father? the end of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, I will show you the more excellent way. And I believe that each of us could say this morning in prayer, show me the way. Show me the most excellent way. Show me the way of love, Lord, because there is so much confusion in our world about love. I think so many, I think just about every person, longs to know what true love is about. How is it defined? What does it look like? And so many of us, sadly, have not experienced that love that we should have. And for some, maybe they would come in here this morning and say, my love has grown cold. In a vital relationship, even my love for the Lord has waned. We know that as you address the churches in Revelation, you said, return to your first love. And Lord, it seems like every moment of the day that is our need is return our hearts back to you So, may you, as Samuel told to the people of Israel, may you direct our hearts back to you, back to what true love is about. You said that the world would know we belong to you by our love one for another. As the Apostle Paul has been addressing the body in Corinth, he's been saying that your division sends the wrong message. You are one people, you are diverse, but you're one. And love is the circulatory system of the body. Love is the mortar of the bricks of the building. Love is what holds it all together. Lord, forgive us for the times that we have failed to love. Renew our love in this room. And may you be glorified as we not just study your word, but apply your word. For your glory, in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. The next three weeks we will spend on 1 Corinthians 13. We'll move slowly through it, taking chunks of the text. It deserves our careful attention, and I do believe that it's the most important study that we can ever undertake. I do know that as I read 1 Corinthians 13, probably many of you are very familiar with the text. Familiarity with the text doesn't mean you're actually living it, though. And I do know that many of us have heard it read at weddings, and maybe we didn't realize where it was placed in our Bibles, but it's actually between two chapters on spiritual gifts. And the Corinthian church was very zealous for spiritual gifts. They had elevated the gift of tongues to this place where they were looking down on other people who didn't have the gift. But what they really lacked was love. And love is the study of the highest importance because God... Is love uh, one of the greatest commands in the Bible? The greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it. The second command is to love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to notice if you just if you're taking notes, Matthew twenty-two, thirty-six through forty. Jesus answered the question about the greatest commands in all the Bible, and he said it's to love God and to love other people. I want you to hear what I just said. It's the greatest command in the Bible. The word agape or agape in the Greek language is a word that, with all the definitions that you could look up in Greek lexicons, you could define agape or agape love in this way Agape is the love of the will. In other words, agape love means that you have decided to love. Now, you've heard probably scholars say that agape love is God's love. Well, agape also is used in other settings for the love of the world or the love of darkness rather than light. So, strictly speaking, agape or agape is not just about God's love, although we could say it is. Agape, if you're taking notes, is the love of the will. It means that you and I can make a decision to love. Now, the good news is as a believer, I also have the resources of heaven to help me love the way I'm supposed to love. And one of my prayers uh, that I've said to you guys from up here is that, Lord, love my wife through me. Teach me how to love. And love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the first of the fruits listed in Galatians 5.22. So we know we don't have to do this by ourselves. We have the love of God in us poured out through the Holy Spirit. But we all know that there are times that we walk in the flesh. There are times that we get selfish. There are times that we give in to the ways of the world. We don't love the way we're supposed to to love. In fact, I'll tell you that I believe that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, when you really think about it, Jesus is dying on the cross because we have broken the top two commandments, Think with me. We have failed to love God the way that we were supposed to and to love others the way that we're supposed to, which is the essence of the law and the prophets. And Jesus came because of our sin of failing to love. And failing to love is a sin. It is probably the sin that has divided the world and the church, marriages, relationships. It's where the enemy gets in. Where he causes us to lose love or to grow cold. Many people are asking, what is love? We all long for love. Many definitions and opinions. But in the ancient Hebrew picture language, the word love in Hebrew is ahav. If you're interested, it's A H A V, ahav. Jesennius, a Hebrew scholar, tells us that this word for love in Hebrew means to desire, to breathe after. Jewish teaching says that the sound of the deer panting after the water and of King David desiring God is heard in the sound ahav, or the Hebrew word for love. Dr. Seekin says try saying it as if you were panting and you get the essence of Psalm 42. Ahav, ahav, ahav. It's the word for love. It's a longing in the soul to be known and to know. To love and to be loved, the Shirelles in 1960 became the first all-group, all-girl group to reach the number one, uh, number one on the Billboard charts with their song "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow?" We may have heard of it, says one scholar. The song ends with these lines: "I'd like to know that your love is love I can be sure of. So tell me now, and I won't ask again. Will you still love me tomorrow?" And even though the singer has just promised that she won't ask again, says Stephen Um, the song fades out as she asks again three more times Will you still love me tomorrow? And she asks again and again and again. 1 Corinthians 13 is beautiful and it resonates with just about everybody the idea that love never ends or love will never fail. But the truth is that we've seen love fail many times. We live in a divorce culture. We've seen broken relationships. We've seen people make commitments and vows and walk away from them. How can we know that love will last? There is something that can endure anything. It is true biblical love, but what is that? What is true biblical love? What does it look like? What does it look like? Some years ago, the rock band Foreigner, uh, Mick Jones, who is the lead guitarist, I believe, of the band, said he woke up at three in the morning, and he got a song. He was contemplating in his bed at night, and he got the song "I Want to Know What Love Is." I want you to show me. And so he said the song came to him quickly, and he felt like the song came from something outside of him. I don't know about Mick Jones' salvation. I don't know that he's a Christian but he felt like the song came from outside of him. Some, something above him is the way he described it. He shared the song with the band, and as it turned out, Lou Graham, the lead singer of Foreigner, ended up singing the song. And it was a ballad that, uh, there was a choir that joined Foreigner on the, the famous song, and it became the number one hit smash, I think, all over the world. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Our mission here at Walk in Truth is to equip you with the Word of God and to give you the tools to express your Christian faith. But how do you initiate conversations effortlessly? Walk in Truth and Pastor Michael Lance would like to offer you the 10th anniversary edition of Tactics.
1: You don't have to be in a situation where you constantly feel like you're on the defensive, you can use questions strategically. To let somebody defend their own views and ask them why they believe what they believe, it's really an incredible, life-changing approach to witnessing. We are
0: offering the book Tactics as a thank you when you give a donation of $20 or more to Walk in Truth. Visit walkintruth.com, click the donate button, or call 844-48-TRUTH. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk Tree.
1: The song fades out as she asks again three more times, will you still love me tomorrow? And she asks again and again and again. 1 Corinthians 13 is beautiful and it resonates with just about everybody The idea that love never ends or love will never fail. But the truth is that we've seen love fail many times. We live in a divorce culture. We've seen broken relationships. We've seen people make commitments and vows and walk away from them. How can we know that love will last? There is something that can endure anything. It is true biblical love, but what is that? What is true biblical love? What does it look like? What does it look like? Some years ago, the rock band Foreigner, uh, Mick Jones, who is the lead guitarist, I believe, of the band, said he woke up at three in the morning and he got a song. He was contemplating in his bed at night and he got the song, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. And so he said the song came to him quickly and he felt like the song came from something outside of him. I don't know about Mick Jones' salvation. I don't know that he's a Christian. But he felt like the song came from outside of him. Something above him is the way he described it. He shared the song with the band. And as it turned out, Lou Graham, the lead singer of Foreigner, ended up singing the song. And it was a ballad that uh, there was a choir that joined Foreigner on the the famous song. And it became the number one hit smash, I think, all over the world. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. CBN did an interview with Lou Graham, and Lou Graham said that Foreigner was a typical rock band. They were partying hard, they were sniffing cocaine, smoking marijuana, uh, doing everything wrong. And he said one night they played Madison Square Garden to a huge audience. They were a f- very famous band. And he said, "Mick, uh, I'm sorry, Lou Graham said that he just came to this realization of his emptiness. And he said he was sick of the lifestyle. The next morning he checked himself into a rehab. There was a chaplain there, and the chaplain led Lou Graham, the lead singer of Foreigner, in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Some of you may remember that a harvest, at a Harvest Crusade, not that many years ago, Lou Graham was there, the lead singer of Foreigner, and he changed the lyrics of the song to, Now I Know What Love Is. And he's met the King of Love, the one who said, that uh, people would know that we belong to him by our love, one for another. And in 1 John 3.16, you've all heard of John 3.16. In 1 John 3.16, in the NIV, the Apostle John says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. 1 John 3.16. You don't have to wonder as a Christian what love is about. And the greatest of these is love. And we know that God is love. But there's confusion and brokenness both outside and inside the church. And we need to be reminded of what love is. Let me just read a few things from my notes. Love does not exploit. It does not hurt or destroy. The word for love, agape, simply put, is the love of the will. We can decide to love in obedience to God's word. And we can do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Conversely, when we don't love, we have simply decided not to love or not to love anymore. We have decided not to obey or yield to the Spirit. This is not an easy truth, but it is one that we all need to hear. When we don't love, it's because we've decided no longer to love. Now, I do know that many of us have hurts in our hearts and we've responded sometimes to a lack of love with our own a hardness right we could feel jilted or uh, we could feel betrayed or abandoned and sometimes we close up our heart to love because we haven't been loved well and I certainly understand that I certainly understand the hurts and the pains that could be represented in a room like this but when we don't love even with all of the reasons why we don't the truth is that we've made a decision not to There are many reasons that this can happen. We can feel weak, feel unloved ourselves, feel like the other person is not filling our love tank, not speaking our love language, etc. But we have to express love nonetheless because we are commanded to. And we need this love chapter and other verses I'm gonna take you to to remind us how important this is. I'm gonna ask you to hold your place in 1 Corinthians 13 and turn to Matthew chapter 5. A couple of places where Jesus is talking about love. Matthew 5. Uh, we're going to look at verses 44 through 46, and then we'll turn to Luke's gospel, but let's start in Matthew 5. Let's pick up Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5:44. Matthew 5:44. Jesus speaking says, "I say to you, love your enemies." And pray for those who persecute you, Matthew 5, 45. In order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he, your Father, causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, Matthew 5, 45, end of the verse. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? I want you to think of 1 Corinthians 13 when Paul says, what profit is it to me? What It profits me nothing if I don't have love. Well, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, and that's easy to do, right? He says, what reward have you? Do not even the tax gatherers do the same? Just write in your Bible, the IRS there. I'm just kidding. But but, but we all know the tax gatherers had a bad reputation in that day of ripping people off and, and and doing everything for sordid gain and self. And Jesus says even the tax gatherers who rip people off day and night and skim off the top and do it for their own uh, gain, stepping on people's heads and so forth, they love people who love them. Turn over to Luke, it's a little bit more to your right. Matthew, Mark, Luke. This is Luke chapter six. This makes me cry, Lord, teach me how to love like you love. Because the Bible says that while we were yet enemies, the Lord loved us. So we cannot just sit here in the stands and believe this doesn't apply to us. This is Luke 6. We're picking, up, picking it up in verse 31. Jesus says, And just as you want people to treat you, then treat them in the same way. Luke six thirty-two. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners, this would be here pagans or unbelievers, love those who love them. Luke six thirty three. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Notice the repetition of Jesus saying, what credit? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies, 35, and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. I might add, be loving, just as your Father in heaven is loving. This is the way of agape, back to First Corinthians 13. Now let me say to you that love does not love just to get something back it's not a love back to 1st corinthians 13 that says scratch my back and i'll scratch yours the love of 1st corinthians 13 is not the love to win popularity it is not love that is cruel and it is also not love that's politically correct You're going to see later in a message that's ahead of us that love does not rejoice in wrong, but rejoices in the truth. Love is informed by truth. That's why I've called the message true love. Because love is not just telling people you're okay and I'm okay. Love sometimes has to shake the bushes and rock the boat as it were to get someone's attention. It's to warn somebody that you're playing on the railroad tracks and you're going to get hurt. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. So definitions of love in in the world are amiss. Love is a decision of the will, but love does not just love to sweep under the carpet or never to say anything that's hard to individuals. Just think about Jesus' incarnate love. Did he say some hard things to people? Yes. Did he rock the boat? Yes. But whenever he did something like that, it's because he was confronting evil or trying to get people's attention with truth that would then set them free.
0: You're listening to True Love Part One on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching finishing up 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hey, thanks for listening on your Sunday morning drive. And just so you know, you have more chances to listen to Walk in Truth on KKLA. We're on Monday through Friday at 4 a.m. and 10.30 p.m. Again, tune in Monday through Friday on this station at 4 a.m. or 10.30 p.m. Walk in Truth also on your favorite podcast app, where we have a new program every weekday. So, more for you to listen to on your daily drive, or your walk, or whenever you like to listen. Follow Walk in Truth on apps like iPodcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Music, Stitcher, and many more. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, I think the most poignant songs ever written, the most poignant poems ever penned are really uh, motivated by the love that comes directly from God. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is the love, the love of Christ. Uh, You could say the Father's love permeating our hearts that really is a life-changing love. It It's what really sets apart the body of Jesus Christ, and it's what sets apart Christian marriages and relationships. It's love. In fact, the enemies of the gospel said, see how they love one another. Man, if that would be the testimony of our lives, what a powerful witness that would be to the world. And I think we have some soul-searching to do and Really, as we sit in this text and ponder this text together about true love, asking the Lord to renew our love or his love in and through our hearts. Well, here we are on the Lord's Day, a Sunday morning, and we have church services happening at 9 and eleven fifteen a.m. this morning. It's time, man. It's time to get back to church if you've been away or if you've been thinking about praying about coming out to visit Living Truth Uh, In the city of Corona, if you're anywhere near the Inland Empire, we've had people drive from L.A. We've had people drive from the San Diego area to come and visit us or be part of one of the special events. Hey, if you'd like to come on out, we'd love to have you. I would love to meet you. 9 and 11, 15 a.m. This morning, download the Living Truth app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. You can get information and directions. And I would love to see you this morning. We'll see you here. God bless you.
0: Tune in Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 about true love. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Have a great weekend. And remember, our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.